Throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourself? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill. It's time to listen and learn. Hi, and welcome to Things Worth Considering. Uh, this evening, uh, we're going to be talking about um, waking up is hard to do. We're talking about uh, spiritual awakening and all that entails. There's lots of myths. Um, there's some realities. <laughs> we're going to try and see if we can sort our way through those. Uh, we've been talking about uh, uh, spiritual practices, and we've been talking about spirituality, uh, spiritual but not religious, over the last couple of weeks. And now we're going to be looking at uh, the whole concept of waking up spiritually. So I'm here with uh, uh, Dr. Jan Hill. And how is Dr. Jan Hill? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Great. It's it's a good uh, good day, end of the week almost. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, what do you think about this waking up thing? I think it's hard to do. <laughs> I think they actually wrote a song about this. <laughs> um, you know, spiritual awakening is a, a dimension of reality beyond our ego. And that's, for many of us, that's hard to even begin to uh, uh, imagine. Uh, since, you know, our ego really is the exclusive sense of who I am, uh, who our self is. So this awakening occurs when, for whatever reason, uh, the ego somehow lets go so that our higher self or our spirit can rise within us. Um, we find it at that time also, you know, there's just not a need for others' approval or, or maybe group identification becomes less important as we sort of become much more centered slowly. Uh, we become centered into ourself. Yeah. Does that sound reasonable? Sounds great. I think that's a really tricky thing to do. Yep. Because uh, the ego, we live in a world where the our, we cultivate our ego. And, uh, you know, we relate to people around us through our ego. And, of course, in the West where we're so uh, sort of hyper-individualistic, it's the cultivation of the ego that's super, super important in relationships. And, of course, most of us don't even know we have the ego self, that the ego self is we're in the middle of the ego self, and Do we I look think okay? it's exactly. You look great, <laughs> right? Uh, but we think it's uh, yeah. We get confused, right? We're yeah. confused between what we, who we really feel that we are, and who we feel that we need. We must be free, and who we feel we need, we must be. Absolutely. How come I can't uh, even say that sentence? No, it makes sense to me. Our, yeah. our society really gears us towards looking at our outside, our physicality. You know, mm -hmm. as long as you look good, you know, and if you look good, you feel good. And if you feel good, you look great. Yeah, but it's even deeper than that, right? It's the sense of the social really? self. It's like this idea that the ego has a hard time. The ego is the self. It's the self that's created through social connections, right? Yeah. Through the identities and things that we're told we are. So it's, you know, if you close your eyes and say, who am I? You, you'll have a dialogue in your mind of a whole bunch of things that you are that are names and titles and ideas and all these other things. But who is behind that, right? Yeah. If we believe in an authentic self or in a non-egoic or pre-egoic self, then that's the voice behind all that. And right? that's, that's a very difficult one. And that's the part that wake, wakes up. That's the yeah. part that comes to life and the ego part sort of falls aside. You know, there was, there was an exercise that I did uh, many years ago and I, you know, give it to people occasionally to begin to do. And it's when it's four o'clock in the morning and I'm all alone 
and I'm sitting in the middle of the living room floor with no clothes on. I don't know why I'm doing it in the living room, but anyways, there's no clothes on with just a candle burning. Uh, who am I? Yeah. I'm no one's son. I'm no one's husband. I am no one's lover. I am no one's father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm no one's teacher. Uh, in other words, all of those things that our ego uses to identify ourselves is taken away. Mm-hmm. So who is that person that's just sitting there? Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very difficult uh, uh, exercise to do and, and to get, and to be real about it, you know, to, to really get to that authenticity. Uh, I recommend anyone trying it, uh, and try it and do it and try it because it's, it's, a, it's something you just kind of keep going back to, uh, in, in trying to imagine who are you without all of these roles that define us, yeah. where we live, the clothes we wear, the labels we wear, our address, our car, all of those things are identifiers. Yeah. And I think too, like what, what I, what I feel in my heart, in my soul is <clears throat> very different than sort of what I have to be on the street in, in the jobs that I do or whatever, right? So I, <clears throat> when I get confused between what's my ego self and what is my, the, might be the part that's underneath, uh, I just ask myself how important is something. And, you know, that's <clears throat> yeah, if you go back to, you know, as a child, what were, what was one thing that it wouldn't matter what somebody told you or didn't tell you, you knew it was your truth. And I know for me, it's my connection to animals and the natural world, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like there is nothing that anyone could possibly say to me or could that would ever make me disbelieve that, right? And I feel like that. So that's like a core essence part of who I am. That's the pre-social Jan, right? Right. There was always there. The pre-ego Jan, yeah. Yeah. And you know, so throughout our lives, these things come forward and we might um, use them in our lives. We might honor them in our lives. We might do things around them. And usually if we're doing something around that, it feels good. It does. Absolutely. Right? And I think you identified, you know, sort of the key element. And that is that the spiritual awakening is very much about uh, the opening of the heart center. Yeah. It's really, it's a very much a heart center. That's what, you know, def- defines, you know, sort of that whole spirituality because it connects the psychology of the emotional body, our physical body, and our soul. Yeah. You know, all together. Yeah, and I think I think it's important, too, to recognize that. So the awakening piece isn't about abandoning the ego. It's about mm-hmm. recognizing what is separate, what is the ego, and what is, like, for lack of a better way of putting the authentic self. I don't particularly like that phraseology, but I'll use it anyway. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know... And so when we know what the difference is and when we can feel what the difference is in our energy and maybe even in our our bodies, you know, like, I don't even know if this is a word, but interoceptically or whatever, right? The interoception piece in our bodies. When we can feel that, then um, we can move through the day, move through our life making decisions, knowing when we choose something that's functional in the real world. Mm-hmm. And knowing when we choose something that's really about, really in alignment with who we are. And it is a felt sense. Yeah, I believe it's it. That, that, whole, that whole thing of just being in your body. Uh, the most, you know, people, people might have a bit of difficulty sort of understanding what that means. But most of us live, and I've talked about this in our heads so much, that little room. We've been given a mansion to live in. Yeah. And we live in the little room at the top uh, where we, we process everything, yeah. you know. Um, when just even using breath work, feeling your feet, bringing, bringing yourself into your body, everything shifts, mm-hmm. everything, your perception changes, uh, time changes, uh, because you're in the now. Yeah. 
Therefore, your emotions change. You're not doing guilt. You're not doing hurt. You're not doing worrying, all that kind of stuff, because you're not going back and forth between the past and the future. Mm-hmm. You're here right now today. Uh, you know, and that's what I've always said I love about what I do is because um, when I'm working with someone or I'm doing what we're doing right now, I can't kind of look out the window and doze off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I have to be right here, right now. And that is one of the most empowering places to be. Yeah. You know, and that's to me, that's my gift. That is the gift students have given me, you know, throughout my, my career is when I'm teaching, when I'm doing one on one work is that moment, you know, that's just right there, heartfelt and present. Right. And that point of presentness, right, is always a good indicator of perhaps what is your soul work. Right. Um, mm-hmm. um, Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi talks about this stuff when he talks about flow. Right. What's the flow state? The flow state is the state where you're just in your brain, in your body, in your emotion, in your feeling, whatever it is. And you're doing whatever it is that you're doing and you lose track of time. Yeah. You lose track of all, you know, where you're at. How long have I been sitting on this piano bench or whatever? <laughs> right. How, what? It's dinner time already. That sort of thing. <laughs> I've been right? here since last night. Yeah, and like so some of the ideas is that you're actually really not in your body, right? You're actually just connected to the greater source. Yes. Right? Divine source yeah. or whatever. And you're creating. It's often a, a place of creativity. Yep. And it doesn't have to be artistic creativity. It can be like doing sports, right? Oh, yeah. Osho writes about how it was how the orgasm provides that moment of timelessness, right? Yep. So that's that that, that? human experience. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. So there's many ways of, of getting to that place. But that It's that moment of presence, I think, is a really, really good indicator, you know, that we're we're in line, we're in touch, because it's so empowering. Mm-hmm. And to lose track of time and go, oh, my God, was I actually doing that for like three hours or even if it was only 30 minutes? Yeah. It's a fact of during those 30 minutes, you weren't analyzing it, you weren't watching the clock, you weren't going, oh, God, thank God this day's almost over. Yeah, yeah. You know, at, mm. at that moment, the moment we're talking that way, we're really not in an alignment with ourselves. Yes, that whole thing of where did I go? Exactly. exactly. Hey, where did I go? <laughs> oh, I'm back again. Did you have a nice trip? Exactly. So, <laughs> hey, Gordon, so what's the difference between spiritual awakening, awakening and psychic awakening? That's a really good question. I have no idea. Okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, I think people, people um, uh, you know, psychic uh, awakening is we're referring to sort of what we would call the gifts, you know, of the, mm. the, the, the psychic abilities, whether it's whether it's being able to channel energy or it's being able to, um, you know, tune in on people and, and you know, read them, uh, perhaps contacting, uh, you know, the uh, spirit side of life. But certainly it's mu- it's much more uh, uh, a physical uh, you know, thing, and this, and it's a part of the brain that becomes activated—a very teeny weeny little gland uh, called the pineal gland, ah, which be, which right. actually stops working when we're born, or mm. shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that becomes reactivated again, and it's tied into a whole series of things that happen. So, you know, when when that activation takes place in the uh, with the psychic awakening, then three-dimensional reality ceases to be three-dimensional. You just have a greater sense of space and and uh, and so on. And you know, a great many people, you know, will will work on that, and that's wonderful. You know, not everybody is here, and I'm going to re- probably keep reiterating this for the rest of my life: is not everybody is here to have a great spiritual awakening. Right. Not everybody is here to be the next Buddha or Muhammad or Jesus. All right. We we come here based on what our soul has already predetermined. I think. 
as to where we want to go. And so some people will sort of go in and they'll get their feet wet, but they're not going in that swimming pool. Um, mm. You know, figuratively, I mean. Uh, is that the idea of sort of having those spiritual contracts that Carolyn Mace talks about? I think so, absolutely. Mm, okay. Absolutely. I, th- I think that that's one part of it. The other part of it is like with the Buddhist uh, idea of the bardo state, where mm, right. we've determined what we did in our last lifetime, what, what didn't happen. Mm. We wanted to have happened or we had thought we would happen. Uh, and so as we sit there and we, we you know, have that self-reflection uh, that's the only person who's going to be doing the judging is ourself is looking over, you know, sort of where we were. And uh, that will um, allow us then to, to determine, am I coming back here? Am I going somewhere else? I'm not sure everybody comes back to Earth. Uh, so maybe there's some other places that we go to. Yeah. So this is so this is Earth school and we're here to learn our lesson. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe there's Mars school. Who knows? I, I'm, I'm conjecturing. Mm. Uh, but, you know, some other planet elsewhere. You know, I remember my grandmother always said, no, we don't come back here. We go to other planets. Yeah, or dimensions. And I said, I don't have anything to wear. Other dimensions. <laughs> yeah. Other dimensions? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, absolutely. She she really believed in that. But it, it that's all tied into that whole thing of contract. and and But importantly, contracting with our own soul. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So is that just, is that kind of clear? Yeah. I was, uh, here's an interesting little tidbit. Um, maybe somebody someday can get a pie in that game trivial pursuit with this little tidbit, <laughs> but it's, uh, I was reading the other night where, um, the Schumann resonance, right? The resonance of the planet is, I think it's seven Hertz. And so they put helmets on people, brainwave helmets on people, and they can get people to, uh, drop their their brainwaves down. So if you have okay. two people who both are ever to who both are able to achieve the Schumann resonance of seven hertz, um, they will be able to communicate telepathically with one another. Really? Yeah. Now, Does they, that have they gotten there yet? Yeah. Oh, this really? is how they found out. Yeah. Okay. okay. Who Isn't are that they? the coolest? Is it you and me? Uh, no. No, I didn't think so. No, we're close, but. <laughs> But not that close. But not that close. <laughs> exactly, right? Okay. So this uh, kind of underscores the importance of being connected to nature, and it also underscores the importance of being able to um, uh, sort of manage your brain, right? Because when you're in that moment of, of um, rest and relaxation and stuff in your in your brain, your brain waves are going to be dropping down. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that's where, that's where to me, that's where the creative process really... In the now yeah. flow. Yeah. Yeah. And I, if I couldn't be in nature, I would just... You know, it would just be terrible for me. Yeah. That's where I restore. My big one is being by the ocean. Yeah, that's great. Salt water. Yeah. 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 Not not with the fish. I don't need need them, but. Uh, it's good for your sinuses. It's very good for my sinuses, yes. Mm-hmm. I look much better with a little bit of color. <laughs> <laughs> not quite so pasty. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, there's that, that psychic piece that sort of sits on on the, the side of, of spiritual awakening. Um, but, you know, everyone has that psychic stuff happening all the time. It's that gut, gut feeling that, you know, that this is right, this is wrong, I shouldn't go there, I shouldn't do this. Uh, that most of us, the other word, of course, would be intuition. Most of us don't listen to it. Um, and then we go, oh, my God, I knew that. I knew that would happen. You know, I, I'm not sure how many times we have to keep saying, I knew that would happen before we're finally going to listen to ourselves. Yeah, and that's the ego, right? That's Intervening and in saying, no, 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 you really don't know, I know. Yes, exactly. I'm driving talk, the boat. Yeah, we analyzed our way right through it and decided to go down that street anyways. Yep. So, on that note, we need to go down another street. And okay. We need to take a break here. Uh, we'll be back with uh, things worth considering here on the Voice America Talk Radio. 
We'll be right back. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, this is Gordon Riddell and uh, Dr. Jan Hill. We're here on Things Worth Considering. So we're talking today about uh, spiritual awakening and all of the myths and the realities about what that might actually mean since a lot of people are going through this. Um, now, I, I think there's, there's a number of things, you know, maybe we can look at just sort of some things that we know about uh, in terms of the different levels and different things that happen. Uh, but it's really important to sort of state out front that uh, these can happen in any order, mm. not just because we're, we said it in this order, any order at any time. Uh, you can flip around. You can go back to it. Uh, it's not – this is not a, a staircase. It is a <laughs> sort of a, a whirling around uh, going back and forth and back and forth because, remember, our ego is involved here, and it's uh, slowly having to give up what it thinks is all its. So um, – so I think, you know what, I think the first one that we should probably want to look at is the the catalyst. Mm-hmm. This, this is really, really, really important because um, I, I, you know, I'm not sure how, how your spiritual awakening began to happen, but it's often because of something tumultuous that happens in our life. Right. Death, mm-hmm. uh, near-death experience of ourself, um, uh, loss. Yeah. You know, uh, and that that can include a number of losses of um, loss of a job, 
loss of our health if we're given a, a diagnosis of some sort. Um, uh, financial bankruptcy. Yep. Uh, what else can there be? We we may suddenly have visitors. We may suddenly start to see spirits or or hear someone speaking to us when we have not been diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, psychotic. Um, nor are we using drugs that would allow for that. Yeah, I think I think what happens. But the main point is that you're going about your everyday, and you're living your life thinking that you're doing the right things, all the things that you need to do because that your ego has told you this. These are all, you're following all the rules and suddenly your house is on fire. Suddenly the wrecking ball comes through and something happens. Yes. And big or small, it can be a series of small events mm-hmm. that happen over and over and over or they're just stacked on top of one another and basically you just uh, you just you, you just can't do it. There's feelings of disbelief, shock, awe, perhaps. You're having a hard time believing these things can happen. And it generates a lot of fear. You're not understanding what's happening. All you know is that you get up every day, you go to your job, you work your butt off, and all these things are happening. You try to be good your whole life and do everything right, and boom. And boom. Blows exactly. up in your face, right? Exactly. Um, you know, I think that it's that, um, that part of us that gets into get up every day, go to work every day. Yeah. We've, we've lost touch with a part of us that probably was trying to get our attention. Yep. Because, you know, I mean, we joke about, you know, the universe or whoever you want to call the universe gives us a little nudge. And then it gives us another little nudge. Yeah. And we keep ignoring it. Oh, no, I can't be bothered. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go there. And then it gives us an even bigger one. Until finally it takes a two by four to the back of our head. And then it's like, okay, I got your, you know, I got yeah. your attention now. And the whole house comes down. And the whole house comes down. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. We really, you know, so so what's, what's playing out underneath all of this is not being able to take seriously the nudges that we do get because we actually do synchronistically get, you know, messages uh, that says, you need to do something about this. Well, and I think this is the gift, you know, if you go right through the cycle and when when you are a little bit more awake than you were before, mm-hmm. when those when the messages come in small little bits and pieces, you have a tendency to listen. That's right. So this one big catalyst, this one big paradigm collapse that so many people would seem to experience um, is is often just a one time deal like in terms of so significant because you're better the next time things are out of alignment of picking up the cues yep. and making the changes earlier on. Right. Yep. But the first one is that's the slap in the face, fall down. I'm never getting up. And yeah, just feel like everything, everything Stuff. is collapsed. And, and you, this is where we find out about our resilience. Right. Well, right. And I think this is also where we find out like the, it, it, there has to be a shift in perspective yeah. because this is what creates the resilience. When the perspective shifts, finally, suddenly, and you might hold on to the old perspective a long, long time, be long struggling time. to hold on, right? I always liken it to like falling down a hill. You're falling down a hill, you're rolling out of control, and you're like, you keep trying all the same skills, all the same things that you used to do to try and get yourself to stop you know, rolling down the hill so you can climb back up the hill to where you used to be. And it's already, it's done, right? You can't do that because none of the old tools that you had actually still work. So you got to just fall down that hill at the bottom, you smash at the bottom and you think this is it. I'm done. No more. Right. And, and then an a shift in crisis. Exactly. And that's when the shift in perspective yep. starts to happen, yep. right? Where you start seeing possibilities where they didn't exist before. And right? there has to be an openness to be able to learn some new skills. Right, exactly. Because those skills didn't work. You still roll, you know, you still tumble down the hill. Yeah. So 
there's a, there's a, a piece about the emotional piece, there's a spiritual piece, but then there's also just a, a plain, uh, uh, you know, human piece is that you just don't know how to do this. Right. You know, there's some skills. And, I, a lot, you know, a lot of therapy, whether it's done through clergy or whether it's done through psychotherapists or, or uh, psychologists or whatever, is there's a huge didactic area mm-hmm. of just teaching people, coaching, um, teaching people different ways to try something. Right. You know? Right. We're so convinced that we know. Right. And we're so, we're so deflated when we discover that we don't. Right. And I think that what you're describing really leads to the third the third sort of stage here, right, in the in the awakening process, which is the sort of the journey of discovery, right? Uh, exactly. Right. You 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 start to look for play, look for ideas that you didn't know existed before. You start observing things, paying attention to things, as the old parts of you fall away. So the things that you used to do, the things you used to like to do, the things that your hopes and your dreams of before start to fall away. They, you start seeing other things, synchronicities. You see, get, get premonitions and hunches of things. You just start to take in a new way of being in the world. And you start seeing yourself basically as really different than you might have been before. And I always say to clients who are in this phase, give it a month, give it two months, give it a year. You, won't, you will remember being this person that you are now. Right. You will have a memory of it, but your feeling memory will be completely gone. You'll be like, I don't even remember being that person like inside me. Was I that person? Right. Because you will grow so fast. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, the first thing that's got to be like, oh, uh, in in this discovery phase is it's got to be the fear. Yeah. It's, it's OK to, you know, fear can fear can keep us on our toes and help us to perform and, and so on. But it can also just grind us into immobility mm. and that's the worst thing that can happen mm-hmm. you know we we also want to uh you know try and reach out at this stage because one of the things that can really be be uh uh common here because we're we're going to pull away from people mm-hmm. um which we we need to do we need to we're going inside now you know it's right. kind of moving from out, uh, outside in so there's there can be an element of of loneliness involved here and so one of the things we need to have an awareness of is being able to reach out and find people that aren't the old people. Those are the old ways. Mm. We need to find people that understand what we're going through that can support us, right. maybe teach us, right. uh, you know, whether it's, it's, uh, you know, uh, you know, one person or a group of people or, uh, you know, local classes or something, or even flying in for classes elsewhere. But there has to be, you know, just an awareness that you don't want to allow yourself to feel this loneliness because it's not required. Right. And I think people choose loneliness over frustration. So if they hang out with their with their old gang, because maybe out of a sense of loyalty, right? Yes. Or a sense of fear about who, who else am I going to hang out with, right? Yeah. That they just experience this sort of increasing feeling of frustration and dissatisfaction. And they say, well, there must be something wrong with me because I used to like doing this. And so to withdraw and isolate feels like a really good solution. It does. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's a painful one. Yeah. It can be a painful one. Yeah, yeah. and and it can actually arrest your movement forward. Well, uh, totally, right? because if we're, we are frustrated and then we get into boredom and then we can get into a lot of self-destructive behavior. Right, and plus you need to have all those new ideas coming your way so that you can pick and choose the ones that fit with you now. Absolutely. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what's great. You get to pick and choose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My local church didn't let me do that. <laughs> there you go. And then now, and then too, this is part of as you're, as you're getting, as you, you, because you have the opportunity to pick and choose, you can seek to understand who you are now. That's true. Right? That's true. 
but but I mean that's that sort of underscores what I said about the the existential crisis. Yeah. Around, you know, is that there's there better be some answers at the end of all this, mm. right? Uh, especially if you have even a bit of brain still functioning, mm-hmm. you're still going to be going, what the hell is this all about, mm-hmm. healthy? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and and, then, and we do get to know. Mm-hmm. We do get to know. I don't think that we get to know, you know, expansively, like you know, the, the meaning of the universe and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I think we, we can get enough knowledge as to why am I here and how can I make, how can I make my, my walking on this planet different. Right. And I think as we move through the stages, the, that sort of the, what you're talking about becomes more, becomes less about the I, because it's not ego driven as much as it was before. Right. Absolutely. Uh, When we're, when we're like in a more ego driven state, it's like, well, who am I? I want to do this and I want to do that and me, me, me. Right. (laughs) But as you move through these stages and, and the, the very structures that we had, the, the ideological structures that we had, that we lived our life by and the preconceived notions and the expectations and the judgments as they start to fall aside, then what actually, what we're introduced to is an idea of who am I without these structures in the enormity of possibility that I get to decide what's going to collapse into probability and who can I be given uh, I live in a less limited sort of sphere of self. Right. Right. And that feels really, really positive. There can be some excitement there. And that's why you got to put on your exploring shoes and go for an exploration of the self. And be excited. And be excited about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why that's why I said like the first thing that yeah. we want to try and suspend as much as possible is that fear, that being frightened yeah. of, of anything that's new. That's what's already stopped us in the first place. Yeah, and it's like if you've fallen down the hill and you've smashed at the bottom, now you're climbing up, but you're climbing. You're not going back the way you came. You're going back up a new hill, and yeah. now you've got new tools. It's like oh, I've got a new backpack, and yeah. it's like I'm not really sure how what this what's going to happen with this one and how that one works. But you get the opportunities to use them. Keep the ones that work, give away the ones that don't, right? And this is where you start to develop your spiritual gifts, whatever Absolutely. those are. Uh, yeah, yeah. The ones that you didn't even know that you might be able to do or not, right? Uh, or even believe that they existed. Exactly. Um, you know, that during that whole, just that whole period of, uh, you know, seeking to understand, um, we're, we're going to be really thirsty for spiritual knowledge. Yeah. You know, so... Reading is a really good thing. Listening to lectures is a really good thing. But that can't be a spiritual practice, as I quoted uh, Carolyn Meese last week when she said that, you know, just reading books is nothing more than reading and it's not a spiritual practice. Yeah. But we can certainly take in uh, uh, take in that information and knowledge. Uh, and then we do, you know, with it as we choose. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you know, assume nobody is an expert at this. Uh, because, you know, as much as we may teach and so on, there's a whole lot we don't know. Of course. But we can make it a little bit easier to help. Of people. course, right. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's just keeping, keeping our, our, our brains uh, uh, on alert that is everything with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Just don't rub sand in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and take what you can use and leave the rest alone. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the wisest thing when we're being exposed to information that we know nothing about. Mm-hmm. You know? But we're so hungry for it because we know it's right. Right, and I think that sometimes... To like the big, uh, one of the big things to be concerned about when you're watching yourself rebuild yourself, right? Right. Is uh, looking for a guru, right? Yes. Avoid, 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 right? If you're looking for a guru, yeah, then what you're doing is instead of actually looking internally, you're looking externally. You're still in the same place. You're still in the external place, right? The place of ego. 
right? So it's tumultuous. It's painful. It's always a surprise. You develop your spiritual gifts. You own them. Don't right? become impatient. Yep. You just plug away and work at it, work at it, work at yeah, it. Because failure, you, at times you're going to feel like you just can't learn everything fast enough. Well, and you can't because the idea, right, is it's like you go around the circle, you learn a little bit more about yourself, and then guess what? You're back to the ego phase again, right? That's now right. You're, you've got a little bit of ego around what you just learned. So then you're going to go around the phase again and around and around and around. It's like right. a car park. Without the catalysts. Without the cat. Well, hopefully <laughs> well, without catalysts. the big catalyst. The but big there'll be lots of catalysts, but <laughs> – uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know, taking these uh, emerging spiritual gifts to a different place. Now, you know, emerging spiritual gifts is not just talking about sort of a spiritual psychic, uh, you know, connecting with, with spirit guides or angels or that kind of thing. That is there, absolutely. But it's also being creative. Yeah. You know, the, the, the spirit and our creativity, they just go so hand in hand. Uh, and as you, by this time, you know, you've moved to a point of getting rid of all that judgment about fear of what other people say about us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I can't paint. Oh, I can't dance. Oh, I can't sing. I can't. Who told you this? You know, so mm-hmm. when we when we do it because we want to be doing it, it's amazing the, the shift in creativity. And when you do it because you feel good. Yes. Right. One thing I'm a, I'm not a good painter. One thing I did years ago was I went and bought some watercolors, and every time I did watercolors, everything turned out brown because I'm impatient. But what I decided to do instead was to sit at two o'clock in the morning in the blackness of my living room. All the lights were off, completely dark, blackout curtains, and then I painted. I love it. Yeah, it was great. No judgment. There's no judgment at all. It just felt good. Yeah. You you were practicing for like Helen Keller roles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's amazing. That's an amazing thing to do. Uh, an amazing thing. We are up to another commercial break here already. Um, so we are going to take uh, a break here. And uh, you can contact us uh, at uh, info at spiritgrows.ca. Uh, That's info at spiritgrows.ca. And this is uh, Gord, and I'm here with Jan, and we will be back on the other side of these commercials. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, 
business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, we're back and you are listening to Things Worth Considering. And we are talking today about spiritual awakening and the, uh, the excitement about it, actually. And who, who goes through it, who doesn't, and that we all, to a certain degree, go through it, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so we're talking about all the good stuff. What about any negativity with this? <gasps> you know, not that we want to be negative, but um, some people might confuse certain things that go on with them as being a, a spiritual awakening when, in fact, it's not. So they're like the false signs of spiritual awakening. False signs. Ah. Yeah. False, false gods. Yeah. <laughs> so what about, uh, okay, so thinking you're good and others are evil, or they're not good as good as you. You know, that is, that's so tied up in, in old, world, old world religion. Yeah. Traditional religion is that, you know, my denomination is better than yours, or yep. my religion is better than yours, or it's only my religion that's going to go to heaven and not yours. Yeah. Uh, we got to get way past that. Yeah, my pagan dance sequence is better than yours. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like your pagan dance is better than mine. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, when when we stop judging others and see ourselves in everyone that we meet, then <laughs> we have a strong spiritual side. Otherwise, if we're if I'm looking at you going, poor thing, that's not cool. Right, 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 right. I think when we're waking up, this can be difficult because uh, if we're not sure what's going on inside of ourselves, if we're not really sure what's going on with us, Mm -hmm. and then we go back to our family, our friends, whatever, and they're, they're, they're doing something that doesn't fit with you anymore. Right. The tendency is if you've read a book or two and on um, spiritual development, the tendency might be to think that. It's because they're doing it wrong or there's pieces they don't understand. And, you know, we've all bumped into that person. Uh, you know what I mean? Who gave us the book that said, you should read this. Exactly, right? And it's kind of <laughs> like, okay, thanks. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah, thanks. I'll put that over here with the pile of other books I was given. As yeah, well. and it's nice to share information, but, you know, you can share in an open way, but you can also share in a, oh, this is the piece you're missing so that you can be like me. Yeah. Right? I don't really want to be like you. No. 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 I'm a spiritual person. and that's another false identifier right you know uh yeah that's really an ego that's an ego piece spiritual people don't even know if they're spiritual you know there's there's that great uh uh uh, cone of uh you know about enlightenment you know before enlightenment i carried wood and uh, or chopped wood and carried water and after enlightenment i chopped wood and carried water right and so and (laughs) and often has been a question that has come up here that well, if I take courses here at the college, uh, the Transformational Arts College, will I be enlightened? Mm-hmm. And I would be like, I don't know that. Well, you are you enlightened? Exactly. And I said, I don't know that. Yeah. 
If you are, you don't know, right? That's the whole idea. Exactly. exactly. Because if we go back to that idea, because we're on, we're like caught in the car park of life, right? So we're driving from level to level. So every time you, you hit a level or something where you're feeling like, okay, this is making more sense to me, boom, your ego engages again. Yes. Right? So then you got to drive around the car park again. So, um, so yeah. That's yeah, my the, car park the, analogy. Uh, the, you know, I think what we have to do is arrive at a place that we are no different. We are not any better or any worse than anyone else. Yeah. And and just find that. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I would like to believe that's what's happening in our world as we try to struggle through diversity and multiculturalism and all those other things and every other ism out there. But uh, it's still very difficult for people. Yeah. But, you know, Get the ego out of there. Yeah, if you can. If you can, right. if you understand what that. But you know, the ego saves us, right, from so many things, and the ego Absolutely. is the primary framework that we work from in our world. That's so front of course, line, front, front line. Yeah, it's it's um, hard to just sort of you know kick to the curb and say see ya. Right. 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 Absolutely, and that's everyone's biggest fear. Yeah. Um, pursuing just love and light, or uh, you know, goodness that that is going to block really your authentic self. Yes. You know, from developing again. That's that's another another uh, uh, ego thing, uh, or acting spiritually, whatever that is. It's like you're creating some sort of a persona that we act out, or a social mask that gives others the impression that we're really a good good person. Right. Usually, that really is a big big mask. Right. And when it comes off, it's really not nice. Yeah, and and actually underscore undermines what the whole spiritual awakening piece is, which is about waking up the inside of you, right? right, right. So if you're caught up, this is how you know your ego is still engaged, right? If you're like, okay, I better act like a spiritual person. Exactly. I just, you know, I better send you love and light, uh, even though, you know, I'm mad at you or something, right? It's like... And, well, and there's such a projection or a, a, a need for people to think what spiritual teachers might actually be like. Yeah. You know? That what you you eat meat, you're mm. not a vegan, you're not you know like that's a religion unto itself, uh, or a vegetarian, or alcohol, you know if you have a, have a glass of wine, if you smoke cigarettes, if you do things like most other people out there are doing, then there's something seriously wrong with you as, as a teacher. Right. You know, and I think that's incredibly unfair to anybody. Right. It's unfair to the person who is struggling so hard to find someone to be their guru. At the same time, it's very difficult on the teacher who uh, is just trying to also be human in their right. spiritual growth. Right. You know, and that's and that's comes back to that equality piece. And nobody's any better or any worse than anyone else. It's who's sharing what. Yep. We're all just here to learn from each other. And we don't know when we're learning from somebody. We don't know when we meet somebody whether or not we're to learn how not to be or how to be. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, I always, you know, teachers here, as, as you know, and with faculty is really, I always try to underscore is never underestimate the impact you're having on someone. Sure. You know, when people have come back to me so many you know, years later, having been in this for like all three months now, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. and said, you know, I still hear your voice in my head. I, you know, you said this to me once and it changed my entire life. Mm. And I'm like, really? Mm. I, I don't remember because it wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. at all. It was mm-hmm. about them. It yeah. was what was important for them to hear. So I, I, I think, too, that this this place of, you know, acting spiritually and so on, until we, we come to terms with our early childhood experiences, we will not be able to really touch completely that authentic part of us. Right. But we're still going to keep hitting, hitting into that wounded part. Right. And I, I think, yeah, so I think all about, I think all of this is really about awakening we're not really awakening the self. We're awakening humanity within ourselves. We're awakening compassion, 
right? Mm, and absolutely. so having compassion for the self, when yeah. you recognize things that happened when you were little, the things that wounded you, the things, the times you wounded other people, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. You know, that allows us to embrace our humanity. And if we can feel compassion for ourselves, then we can see the humanity in somebody else and have compassion for them. And that's hard. Yeah. Because until uh, we go into an area of self-forgiveness, mm. you know, I think that plays a big role as well. Yeah, but that's, I mean, but that's the way that we learn. That's the way that we truly learn at a deep, visceral level, right? That we're not better than anybody else. Yeah, we're yeah, just the yeah, same. Yeah. Here we are, just the same. Yeah. Right? So judgmentalism, all these other pieces can, can just disappear. Yeah. Just fall <laughs> by the wayside. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, acting nice and, and being innocent uh, is not a spiritual awakening sign. It just means that it's an indication of psychological immaturity. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Uh, yeah. We can tell when someone's acting nice. What do you want? Mm. I don't have any more money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels manipulative. Uh, and, you know, even though you may not put it out there, like the ones before that we just talked about, secretly believing that you're better than anyone else or better than others. Um, and that's just, again, a big ego affliction. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're, you're going to be just ground right into staying dissociated. You're not going to feel like you belong, which, of course, is you know, a huge, a huge uh, a part of us uh, wanting to connect, the being judgmental. And, you know, you're, you're going to be pushing people back because of your own grandiosity. Right. You know, it's, uh, right. it's most unfortunate. Right. So all these, real. all these pieces, I think, these spiritual traps – when they're when they uh, they can they can hijack our spiritual process, right? Yes. Our spiritual awakening process, and then we can sort of skip the actual learning process, the internal process that is is um, is designed to awaken us, which is basically letting go of everything and going, oh my God, I only have myself and my God or whatever it is that you've got, right? right. Your divine spirit or whatever, and and that becomes a spiritual bypass. They yes. call it the spiritual bypass, right? Yeah, yeah. Using lots of you know spiritual ideas and spiritual practices uh, in order to basically avoid going yeah. through any of the pain. Doing the hard work. Doing the hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes that that hard work is nothing more than our our internal dialogue about resistance. That I really learned now. Mm. You know, it just said, "Oh, this is going to be terrible. This is just going to be so awful." Going through this sort of therapy or having to take a look at you know, being sexually abused or being uh, uh, abused uh, in any any capacity whatsoever, some sort of trauma, uh, that we avoid it. Yep. And only to discover that, you know, after, uh, I certainly know for myself, after a long time of avoiding a certain issue, boof, it just popped out. And I'm like, is that all there was? <laughs> uh, I was so convinced that it was huge, like the whole world was going to come you know, down and a meteor would hit us at that point mm-hmm. um, and, and just shatter everything. It didn't happen. It was it was the most anticlimactic uh, internal, internal drama I've ever had. Yeah, that's that thing, right, where the <laughs> anticipation is bigger than the reality. Oh, yeah. Big disappointment. Right. You know, for I'm sure. so relieved. So relieved. <laughs> you know, the thing about all of this is, you know, in order to avoid the spiritual bypass, we really need to do our work our own work and uh, uh, healing what we can uh, and, and being assisted in healing those things. But whatever has happened is happened. There's nothing new going to come out. Right. The dreadful has already happened, as Hedger uh, has put it. Uh, it's Yeah, we're so afraid. I don't know what's in there. Yeah, you mm. do. Mm. Because we've lived through it all. Mm. That's what's so interesting. Mm. We don't know what's in there. Sure you do. So what are, some, what are some signs of awakening then? We did the 
that traps. Oh, yeah. So you notice that your behavior spontaneously begins to change around you, for example. You might be, but genuinely nice. Genuinely, yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Well, and it's probably supported by uh, just a – Greater accessibility to your own emotions. Yeah, for sure. You know, both both believe it or not, male and female, um, you know, have have a greater, just you know, that's a compassion piece again. You know, it just has that uh, sense of being able to touch mm-hmm. uh, at a deeper level. Right, and that I think that fits in with things like an intensified perspective per, uh, perception is the word I'm thinking of, right? Yep. Where um, you look around you and the relationships that you have. Um, because you're kind of taking yourself out of the equation, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not about me and my emotions so much anymore and how I feel about everything. You can actually notice the dynamics between people and you can notice what is called in Buddhist psychology the chain of dependent origination. Yes. So you can actually notice how processes and patterns actually are, are – they constitute your relationships, right? So you do A, I do B. So right. I might say, no, well, Gord doing A is the problem. But then you say, but Jan, then you did B. That was my problem. So then you had to do C, which became my problem. Yep. Right? So we're caught up always in this flow. Yeah. And, and we, we yeah. just get better at seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah, that back and forth and, and back and forth. Mm. You know, this this too, you know, you, you mentioned Buddhist. This is very much what Jung talked about in, in terms of what this is about, is individuation. Yeah. Is, is us arriving at our actualized self. Right. You know, which is uh, uh, just another little piece in there that, you know, it's not just about spiritual stuff. Psychologically, we understand what's going on, too. Well, yeah, but I think the spiritual process is a psychological process. I, I mean, totally, the two are exactly totally. connected, right? Totally. Well, they like And it's just that we live in a secular world, so we call psych. Yeah, it's those people. We think it's science. Yeah, not me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about slowing down to the, I was, you know, slowing down to the speed of now, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely, and and you're just going to be a little more, a bit more reflective, um, because it's in a, in those reflections that we really, you know, begin to pull out meaning, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to, yep, did that, um, boom, and we move on. It's just <coughs> reflecting back on it. Mm-hmm. An important important tool to have. Um, our priorities and values and all that are shifting. So uh, from a material to a spiritual uh, uh, element, and in in that kind of a shift, then there there is some reflection that takes place. There's also a disownership of all that material stuff. Right, because the signs and symbols that we have been taught um, that mean something sociologically in our social world, they don't mean as much as the spiritual piece. That's right. Right, as the connection and the inner quietness. Even with people. Right. You know, that that whole spiritual piece. Right. Uh, You know, it's, uh, you know, just um, beginning to uh, hold the tension of opposites together. Mm. You know, and that's that's sort of our biggest struggle. Yeah, that's it totally is. We can do a whole show on collapsing binaries. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Even if it's cis. <laughs> right. Because, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, this is the whole thing, right? Our whole Western way of perceiving the world is predicated on mutual exclusive categories. This, yeah. that, you know. And, you're, you know, I think small. the really big one is genuinely from your heart to feel that interconnectedness. Yeah. With everything. With nature, especially. Yeah. Well, with nature, which includes people. Of course. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. Uh, But I think a lot of city dwellers are so detached from nature Mm. that that they think of people first and they don't actually see that we live within a larger ecology and not like ecology in terms of 
uh, how like an ecologist would use the word, but the ecology of the interconnection of all things that are that is actually non-hierarchical, right? The interdependence yep. of yep. everything, the everything things are totally seen and unseen. Yep. Right. Yep. If only people could just see that just amongst ourselves to begin with, and then take it from there. Mm. You know, it would be kind of awesome. No, it really would. Awesome. Now, uh, we're uh, coming up here to uh, running out of time. Uh, you know, I think that another really big one that's a marker is uh, taking, respons- taking personal responsibility for ourselves. Okay. That for every one of our actions, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And uh, I'm quite surprised that people are surprised that there are consequences for their behavior or their actions or their thought process. Um, when in fact, yes, there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's just such a grown-up, grown-up thing. Apparently, at least that's what they told me at school. Um, <laughs> now we are here out of time. Unfortunately, uh, we can just keep going and going on all of this in our way of being interconnected and honoring the Voice of America uh, uh, Talk Radio. We are saying uh, goodbye for this week. Uh, next week we will be back here, and uh, we're going to be looking at uh, while well, waking up is difficult. The hardest part is actually staying awake, and we're going to talk about that next week. You uh, have a great week. We thank you for listening, and uh, Jan, thank you so much. We will be back here in exactly seven days. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jan Hill and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.